0: Welcome to House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Eric Michael Teitelman. Join me as we learn about the rich heritage of our Christian faith. In each episode we explore a unique topic that will deepen your knowledge of Christ and who we are as his people. In this episode we will discover how a remnant of the church has been called and will be anointed by the Holy Spirit to capture this lost generation for Christ. On the day of Pentecost, Peter declared, Acts chapter 2, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Now, he was quoting the book of Joel verbatim. The early disciples believed the return of the Lord was imminent, but nearly 2,000 years later, we now understand they were not living in the last days as they thought. Most likely, we are. And so if this is true, then, per the prophecy of Joel, the church should prepare to receive the most incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost. Now if we contrast this understanding with the words of Paul in 2 Thessalonians, he said, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And Yeshua said in Luke 21, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, these scriptures appear contradictory. Is the world going to fall away from God in the last days? Or will many turn to the Lord as He pours out His Spirit upon all flesh? Well, the answer is likely both. In the Western world, Christianity appears to be declining. The Barna Institute recently reported, quote, For understandable reasons, millions of millennials reject organized religion or have qualms about religious leaders and especially about religious people who may prove to be hypocritical. Their experiences, observations, and assumptions regarding religion, spiritual beliefs, and faith practices have produced a turbulent spiritual experience. Now, on the upside, the report notes that some 59% of millennials see Jesus as at least a little positive, with some 39% viewing him as very positive. But on the downside, while 65% still identify as Christian, many do not embrace a biblical worldview on sexuality, the sanctity of life, and many other biblical issues. And nearly one-third identify as LGBT, a proportion roughly three times higher than all older generations combined. So the outcome of the study is revealing. The church has not entirely lost this younger generation of 78 million people born between 1984 and 2002. The group is mainly at odds with conventional Christianity, and is trying to forge their sense of right and wrong apart from the church. Humanism seems to be the prevailing spirit over them, and if the church does not intercede quickly, it will not be long before secular humanism dominates their universal views. And unfortunately, in time, a world apart from God will soon become a world without Him altogether. The Barna study goes on to say that, quote, The resultant spiritual illiteracy virtually resigns them to a superficial worldview in which they grasp at ideas and practices that provide immediate comfort rather than lasting truth and peace. The moral chaos that characterizes the generation can likewise be traced to a dearth of coherent and pragmatic religious instruction abetted by the absence of mature moral reflection. He added, the widespread confusion among young adults regarding aspects of their identity, spiritual, sexual, and also related to their sense of purpose in life, are a direct outgrowth of that spiritual wisdom vacuum. In other words, this current younger generation is spiritually confused due to a lack of biblical discipleship and wisdom in the church. Now, I think it's essential for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit has never slumbered or ceased to work since the day of Pentecost. God has continued to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, as the prophets declared, and the evidence is overwhelming. Untold, millions are still being saved, albeit outside Western nations, most visibly in China, Africa, South America, and Iran. And still we know that in the last days, the world will become darker indicating that deception will increase. Isaiah 60, we read, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But a falling away of America does not immediately conclude the falling away as Paul stated. If we continue reading through this verse from Isaiah, the Lord further declares, But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Yeshua told his disciples, Matthew 5, You, meaning we, the church, are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. If the Lord has arisen over his people and his glory is to be seen upon us, and the church is the light of the world to reveal his glory to the nations, then we presume that darkness can only cover the earth if the church is no longer shining. Therefore the prophets are correct. God will continue to pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. Yet despite this great visitation of the Lord, many will choose to reject the love of his truth and fall away from him. Light dispels darkness the same way that truth removes deception. Therefore, shining implies the revealing of God's truth by speaking to a world filled with Satan's lies. In returning to the Barna study, if millions of millennials are indeed rejecting organized religion then we once again presume that the Church is the primary cause for the seeming loss of this generation. Not Satan, and certainly not God, no, the Church is responsible because we have either not lived by God's Word or openly spoken His truth. In measure, yes, the Church has done this, but not to the degree necessary to overcome the pervasive darkness in this world. And the numbers from the Barna study confirm this statement to be correct. A more detailed study may be required to determine the unique hypocritical issues that young people see within the church. The more obvious ones are the abuse of authority and hiding of sexual misconduct, but in my opinion there are other important issues that people take issue with as well. For example, our churches are segregated by socioeconomic, racial, and theological differences. We have rich churches and poor ones, white churches and black ones. And many denominations hold theological views that are either gross mischaracterizations or antithetical to Scripture. I hear young people often ask me, if Christianity is the only true religion, then why are there so many differing opinions about it? The division in the church reveals an even deeper issue. The church lacks genuine love for one another. Yeshua said in John 13, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, love has so many attributes. Paul writes in First Corinthians 13, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So if the church were united in God's love, we would also be united in His truth. And with the present divided condition of the church, the question is, how can we possibly ever recapture this lost generation? Well, the Lord only knows, but I believe the church does have a critical role to play. We must be united in the truth of God's word and the love for each other and all people. While we must labor towards this end, continuing to teach the truth in love and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, I also believe it will ultimately require a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the Church. We need another Pentecost. After the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the early Church came under intense persecution. The Church, in desperation, cried out to the Lord in prayer. In Acts 4, we read, Now, Lord, look on their threats, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It was during this time of persecution that the church united. We continue reading in Acts 4, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. It was also at this time that the Holy Spirit came a second time in power to the disciples. We read in verses 31 and 33, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With boldness and power, signs and wonders, the apostles had been re-strengthened in the Lord. They were ready to stand in the face of increasing adversity and persecution, to preach the truth of the gospel and to give witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So if we truly are living in the last days, is the church poised once again to receive another incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just as the prophet Joel declared, We read again, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Now, the Holy Spirit initially fell on the Jewish disciples who tarried in Jerusalem. But I believe this last and most remarkable outpouring of the Spirit will fall on a global remnant of the church in practically every nation. Notice I said a remnant, because on the day of Pentecost, only 120 of the roughly 500 disciples whom Yeshua appeared to, in obedience, waited patiently in Jerusalem for the Lord to reappear, uniting with one accord in prayer and supplication. Love, unity, prayer, and obedience will be the hallmarks of this last day remnant church, and I believe this current younger generation will take notice. The hypocrisy they see today will be washed away, for we know the Lord is returning for a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. The church must preach the unadulterated biblical truth and the whole counsel of God regarding his kingdom. Consequently, Jerusalem and the prophetic destiny of Israel will be on the heart of God's people. Just as the early disciples asked Yeshua in Acts 1, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? The spiritual forces of darkness will attempt to silence this last day church from speaking God's truth. In 1 Peter, chapter 4, we read, Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So therefore, I believe we will not only be strengthened and empowered, but we will also be purified and refined through adversity, tribulation, and namely, persecution. As we read in Scripture, Weed and tares, light and darkness will live together until the appointed time of the end and the Holy Spirit dwelling within his church until the rapture will continue to restrain and hold back the deception that seeks to consume the earth. Yes, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over us, his church, and his glory will be seen upon his people. The church has a narrow window to invite others into God's ark of protection before the tribulation. As Yeshua warned in John 9, the night is coming when no one can work. So therefore, let us labor together and recapture this lost generation as we live in divine unity with one heart and one soul, selflessly caring for all others and speaking the word of God with boldness and truth and with great power, signs and wonders, witnessing to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you have enjoyed this teaching from House of David Ministries, make sure you subscribe to our channel and don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. We pray the Lord richly bless you and we look forward to having you join us again for our next episode.